0: Spiritual laws that's involved there. He said, "Where two or three are gathered together in my name, there I am in the midst of them." Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Thank God. Well, we love this church. We love your pastor. Amen. Appreciate and admire. Amen. Him. We appreciate the elder. And I was glad to see the elder out there worshiping the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. No accident's going to keep him back. Keep him down. Thank God. Hallelujah. Well, it was true, a pastor was saying, there's many things that happen on the freeways over 155 miles, but we won't go into all that. We're just glad to be here and glad to feel a great presence of God, feel victory and revival in the house of the Lord. Amen. Amen. I've been praying about this. This is something I feel in my heart this morning. And if you would kindly uh, turn to Nehemiah, the eighth chapter and the first verse, Nehemiah. Chapter 8 and verse number 1. For all the people here, any visitor, we're certainly thrilled that you were taking time to be with us. Amen. Thank God. I've already got a blessing from the Lord myself. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. <laughs> all right. Nehemiah chapter number 8, verse number 1. And all the people gathered themselves together as one man into the street that was before the water gate. And they spake unto Ezra the scribe to bring the book of the law of Moses, which the Lord had commanded to Israel. And Ezra the priest brought the law before the congregation, both of men and women, and all that could hear with understanding, upon the first day of the seventh month. And he read therein, before the street that was before the water gate, from the morning until midday, before the men and the women and all those that could understand all the years of all the people were attentive unto the book of the law and Ezra the scribe stood upon a pulpit of wood, that's where that started yeah. <coughs> which they had made for the purpose and besides him were, <coughs> help me here <laughs> Methaniah and Shemaiah and uh, Ananiah and Urijah, Hilkiah Messiah and, and on his right hand and on his left hand uh, Padiah, Mishael, Micaiah Hashem Hapanana, <laughs> Zechariah, and Mishalem. If you're from any of those families, forgive me for mispronouncing. And Ezra opened the book in the sight of all the people. for the, He was above all the people. And when he opened it, all the people stood up. And that's where we get standing up for reading of the Word of God. That's right. Amen. Hallelujah. And Ezra blessed the Lord, the great God, and all the people answered amen and amen with lifting up of their hands. Yeah. And that's where we get that is from the Bible. And they bowed their heads and worshipped the Lord with their faces to the ground. Also, Jeshua and Benai and Shereba and Jamin and Akub and <clears throat> Hodijah and Keli and Job, you know, and the Levites caused the people to understand. And the people stood in their place. So... They read in the book of the law of God distinctly and gave the sense and caused them to understand the reading. And Nehemiah, which is the them, or the governor, uh, and Ezra the priest, the scribe, and the Levites that taught the people, said unto all the people, This day is holy unto the Lord your God. Mourn not, nor weep, for all the people wept when they heard the words of the law. Then he said unto them, Go your way, eat the fat, and drink the sweet, and send portions unto them for whom nothing is prepared. For this day is holy unto our Lord, neither be ye sorry. For the joy of the Lord is your strength. I want to preach about the strength of God's joy today. Let's go to the Lord in worship and in prayer. Lord, we love you today. And we thank you, God, that you are so good. You're so merciful. You're a friend that sticks closer than a brother. You're a prayer answer. You're a forgiver. You're our Savior, our healer, and our God. Lord, we ask you to have your way in this house today. And we pray for the outpouring of your Spirit, the Holy Ghost power, in every life, in new lives, and in renewed lives. In Jesus' name, praise the name of the Lord. Let's give him another hand, praise of appreciation. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Praise God. Praise God. Amen. David said, come and go with me and we will have joy in the house of the Lord. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. God bless you. Well, we're living in times, I needn't say, that are times that are full of concern and worry and they are full of uh, depression They are full, amen, of gloom and fearful apprehension over what's coming down upon us and the earth and the peoples of the world. Uh, We're living in a time of what they call a pandemic. And uh, this is my first time as a human being to go through something like this. Of course, they had one back in 18 and 19, 1918, 1919, I think it was, where um, they had the Spanish flu uh, and it ended up taking the lives of 50 million people throughout the earth. And we have something similar to that today, though I suspect not as deadly. But there's a lot of gloom, a lot of gloom and, and uh, bad news. Everywhere you turn on the, on the radio or, or wherever, to, you're getting a news source and feed. There is gloomy news. There is a lot of doom news. There is a lot of bad, sad, frightening news. Hello, everybody. Hi. But I don't want to be taken up and caught into that spirit of anxiety and that spirit of fear. Hello, everybody. That is getting people's hearts because that's not going to help me. That's not going to strengthen me. Amen. God hasn't given us the spirit of fear, but of love and of power and of a sound mind. Amen. But the enemy, the devil, is putting out that spirit and he don't mind. As a matter of fact, he plans on putting... A spirit, amen, of agitated fear and concern, amen, so that people will soon cry out for a leader, for a Messiah, amen, to lead them out of the chaos and the threat of war, amen, that's all over this planet now. Everything's shaping up, but thank God it's my day and it's your day to be happy, to be joyful in our God. To be strong, to be renewed in the inward man, to be safe, praise the Lord, is about. Hallelujah, hallelujah. I ain't going to have an entertainment, no COVID spirit, amen, around here today. I'm going to have the joy of the Lord. I'm going to have the presence of my God. Because when
1: Jesus passes by, hallelujah, there is joy. It was
0: David that wrote, In thy presence is fullness of joy amen. and at thy right hand are pleasures forevermore right. and so i want to be around this jesus i want to be around jesus amen he abounds praise the lord hallelujah with joy thank god amen i, I like this what we read here today and i took a little time to read the full body of the text and the, the setting here what had happened was that the children of israel children of judah and benjamin in particular. Uh, had been in sin and they had been in idolatry, and they had been so uh, through intermittent attempts of evangelists and prophets, amen, for reviving of the nations. And uh, there had been a lot of great prophets, a lot of wonderful kings, but interspersed between them, there was some evil kings. And uh, they lasted as a kingdom another 150 years after the northern 10 tribes of Israel that had split off back several centuries ago because the 10 tribes had only evil kings for all 17 amen of the kings that they had and there was no revival that gripped and changed and modified their direction but thank god in judah where jerusalem was praise the lord there was 21 kings during that same period of time amen but there was about 12 or 13 that were good kings righteous kings as the Bible declares and some of the greatest revivals and returning back to God under Josiah and Hezekiah, Jehoshaphat, Amen, took place around Jerusalem. Amen. In Judea. Well praise the Lord. But finally, towards the end, Amen, there was a succession of evil kings. The Bible says Amen when the evil peoples ruled, Amen, that there is Amen destruction and there is a difficulty and pains. Amen and so there was a succession of evil kings amen and it led to their overthrow Babylon the world empire sent a great army against them and they, they threw down the walls of Jerusalem not one stone was left standing in place burned up the glorious uh, Solomon's temple that was one of the ancient wonders of the world literally amen would have cost amen, billions and billions and billions of dollars to replicate in today's wages and, to, and the cost of the gold and the materials today. But anyway, everything was just destroyed. Amen. Many people were slaughtered, killed, starved out during that time. And so uh, Nebuchadnezzar, then the general, led these people that survived the Holocaust and destruction of Jerusalem and its temple to Babylon as captives led them there and had been prophesied in the word of the lord prophesied by jeremiah prophesied by other great prophets of the lord that his people the jews would be would be captive amen for 70 years and then god also prophesied because god is a prophet prophesier of things that are not just bad and not just amen for control of the wickedness but he also prophesies promises Amen. I said he's a promise giver. He's a blesser. If there's any chance, any opportunity, any open door, anything on our part that, that surrenders to God, God is quick to give promise. And he gave the promise at the same time, amen, that he would raise up a man, a king, by the name of Cyrus. He wasn't even born yet. And yet God said, I'm going to raise up Cyrus. And this man Cyrus is going to be given a heart, amen, to allow you to return, amen, to Jerusalem. So there's going to be deliverance. But it was going to be a 70-year captivity. And so they were in that captivity. And then, amen, the exoduses from Babylon back to Jerusalem began with Ezra, Amen. They began to rebuild the temple of the Lord. Amen. Uh, and by the time it was all said and done, there was 50,000, amen, that left Babylon captivity. There were many, many more than that, amen, that were still living there in Babylon. But at least 50,000 came, and they're numbered in the scriptures, amen, to rebuild the temple and then the walls of Jerusalem. And Nehemiah was specific, specifically concerned with building the walls of up of Jerusalem. And the Bible says that they rebuilt those walls in 52 days. Now, that was an absolutely phenomenal, amen, uh, blessing to be able to do that in 52 days. Uh, I made it understood that just one block of the wall. One stone weighed at least two and a half tons, and and that was the least of the stones. And the cornerstone weighed hundreds of tons, and it probably wasn't moved. It was probably still there. But but anyway, it was a amazing, amen, uh, job of God's blessing and God being with them, yeah. because the scripture said the people had a mind to work. We need a mind to work. Yeah. We need a mind to come together. We come on when the Holy Ghost came, the people were one mind. And
1: one accord in one place. And I feel that spirit of unity and one mindedness and one accordedness. Come on, that spirit of worship, that spirit of prayer. Thank you, Jesus, in this house. Amen. Great things happen. I said great things happen. Wonderful things happen. God bless the things happen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Let we have a mind to work. I was not looking for excuses.
0: Well, praise the Lord, that was all free. <laughs> amen. But they came back and and built this wall in this this short of a time. But it was not without, amen, adversaries. There were many adversaries. There was Tobias, and there was Sam Ballatin. and there was a, some Arabian man that were very much against the Jews rebuilding the temple or the walls in Jerusalem and began to write letters and to complain to the king that this city has been rebellious and it won't pay tribute to you if you let this go on and on and on. And so there was quite a warfare, quite a mental warfare, a lot of pressure. It was a whole lot similar to the times. Just hear me out. I'm going somewhere. Uh, that We're living in where there is a battlefield and it's a battlefield of the mind. That we are going through. Amen. Oh we need to learn to gird up the loins of our minds. The imaginations of our minds. The worries and fears of our minds. And let God be God in our life. And let him move. Oh thank you Jesus. Thank you Jesus. Great troublous times. It was Apostle Paul that said. Amen. There is a great and effectual door. That is open unto me. To preach the gospel. But. There are many adversaries. And that's been kind of the dynamic of this thing since the beginning. Yeah. Hello. Come on. Praise Come on. the Lord, everybody. Hallelujah. But uh, they were in a, they were under pressure. Uh, they were under fear. In one place they had to build with a building trowel in one hand and a sword at their hip on another because of the threats uh, of their enemies. It wasn't an easy thing to do, an easy undertaking. Amen. But God was with them and God blessed them. I want this church to know that God is with you, Pastor. God is with you. He's with the people of God. He's with your family. He's with you. He's doing the work. Amen. Adversarial, Amen. Against us has always been something, Amen. That's been out there since the beginning of the church. Yeah. So they asked, Amen, Ezra, Amen, the scribe, to bring the book of the law of Moses. And here we see that he read from it, and he read from it from the morning until the midday, standing on that pulpit of wood, whatever that platform was, above the people so his voice would project. And they began to hear the word of the Lord, the law of Moses. And the people, the men, the women, all that could understand were there, which I imagine the teenagers and the younger children and all that, uh, began to mourn and began to weep When they heard the readings of the word of the Lord. Amen. Conviction came on them. Amen. By the cartfuls. Because, amen, they realized anew and afresh. It was because, and just like the law had forecast, it was because of their departing from the living God. And because that they were worshiping and making idols to other and false heathen gods. Hello, everybody. Amen. That raised the ire and the jealousy of our true holy God until that they were dispossessed. So they began to mourn and weep. Amen. And repent all over again. Can I say that repentance is a beautiful thing? Can I say it's the first thing that God commands anybody that comes to do? Amen. He once it winked at the ignorance of sin. He talked the sinners talking about in the Antediluvian world. But I'm gonna tell you something, but now he commanded all men everywhere to repent. It's our first step in coming to God. we don't go around it. You
1: can't get through it. You've got to repent. Amen. Peter said, Repent and be baptized. Every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. And for the beauty of the Holy Ghost to come, amen, and the mercy and forgiveness to come, we've got to repent.
0: Repentance is the gift from heaven hallelujah there is such thing as worldly sorrow sorry i got caught sorry for the predicament and the unfortunate things of my life amen i'm sorry that it happened to me there's self-sorrow there's pity come on for yourself Hello. Amen. But the, the sorrow that comes from heaven is a divine sorrow. And it works in our heart. Amen. A love for God. Amen. And a sorrow. A deep sorrow for what we are and what we have done. Hello, everybody. And, and it's not to be repented of. It's a good thing. It's a glorious thing. It's the gift of heaven unto eternal life. Bible tells me, amen, that the angels in heaven rejoice, rejoice. over one sinner that repent, I'm telling you, brother the
1: joy that we feel in the house of the Lord when someone comes to the altar and really gets a hold of God, amen, and we're just here, amen, the rebound and the echoes of the glory and the praises that's already happened and started in heaven, hallelujah, and we're joining together, hallelujah, with that heavenly
0: host. Praise the Lord, praise the Lord. And so they had been repenting and mourning and weeping as they stood there for six or seven hours, hearing the law of Moses read. And knowing, amen, God was good, God was just, amen, in all that he had allowed to happen, praise the Lord. But something is said here, and I want to take note of it. It says here that this day was holy unto your Lord, our Lord your God. And some people have a hard time figuring out. That living a righteous lifestyle or living a set apart, holy lifestyle, amen, is is a drudgery and it's unfun and it's unhappy and it's just blah. Hello. But it's a joyful thing to walk with God and have a righteous life. To walk in paths righteousness for
1: His own sake. Amen. So. To have the holiness, the beauty of the Lord is a joyful thing.
0: Amen. Some people think because God is a holy God because 600 times in the Bible it talks about holiness. It talks about God being holy and be also holy for I am holy. Hi. Hello, everybody. Yeah. That, that God is just, a, you know, he's just sitting on the edge of uh, heaven's throne there. And he's just just ready to get mad at something or ready ready to come on. Yeah. But it said of Jesus Christ that thou has anointed him with the oil of gladness. Above all of his fellows, Jesus was joyful, yeah. Jesus was glad. Yeah. Jesus even didn't walk around
1: wearing even, a frown, Jesus didn't yeah. walk around even wearing hurts and pains and confrontations and rejections. Hello, everybody, on his face, he was anointed with the oil of gladness yeah. above him.
0: Hallelujah. Amen. And all the great things and all the divinely appointed things that repentance towards God works and does for a human being's mind, conscience, and heart. Amen. I don't read a lot about strength in repentance. Strength is in the joy of the Lord. I didn't say that. Your word said that. Amen. there comes a point when it's not time to cry anymore it's not time to mourn and sigh over the past come on over past yesterday sins and transgressions anymore Hey, God is telling you that once you come to me with all of your heart and ask for mercy and forgiveness, I don't want you to stay in that position. I want you to enter into the joy of the Lord. Well done, my good and
1: faithful servant. Enter into the joy of the Lord. He wants us to enter into in the
0: joy of the Lord. Because there's strength in the joy of the Lord. Come on, when the cup of your heart. David said, my cup runneth over. The when the cup of your human heart, amen, is full, hallelujah, of joy. Yeah.
1: Yes.
0: Well, there's no room for anything else to get in there, right? That's right. Amen. Hello? You can't put something in when the, when the cup's already full when it's already overflowing right. all, all, over the top of it. There's no room for anything else, praise God. On, God wants us to be so full of joy. Amen. amen. That nothing else can get in. It's not hard to live for God. It's not extremely difficult to live for God. Hello. Amen. Be ye full of the Spirit. Come on. When you're full of the Spirit and full of His joy, praise the Lord. There's no room, amen, for fear. There's no room for doubt. There's no room for the lust of the flesh, or the lust of the eyes, or the pride of life. Hello, everybody, because we're full of the joy of the Lord. So it's God's way. This is how you're going to keep it. This is how you're going to walk. This is how you're
1: going to keep strong. Well, praise the Lord. The
0: joy of the Lord. Hallelujah. is your strength. So in other words, we got to put away what's going on around us we got to not center and look in, amen, on the afflictions and on the bad news. Come on, and on the threats and on the prognostications of what's going to be and what's going to happen. We've got to look at Jesus. Come on, look at Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith.
1: We've got to look at him, and we've got to gain strength from him. And you gain strength from him when you're in his presence, because in his presence is fullness of
0: joy. Amen. Yeah hallelujah hallelujah oh thank god there's another time amen another transit spot in history where there was a similarity of threat and gloom amen anxiety worry fear over the future amen concerning the people of God the church and and John the 16th chapter says uh, verse 16 jesus said a little while you shall not see me he's at talking with the disciples at the last supper table and uh, again a little while you shall see me because i go to the father and uh, they were questioning what does this mean verse 19 now jesus knew that they were desirous to ask him and said uh, do you inquire among yourselves of that i said a little while you shall not see me and again a little while and you shall see me he said verily verily I say to you that you shall weep and lament but the world shall rejoice and you shall be sorrowful but your sorrow shall be turned unto joy a woman when she is in travail has sorrow because her hour is come but as soon as she has delivered the child she remembereth no more the anguish for joy that a man is born into the world And you now therefore have sorrow But I will see you again I'm going to be here My presence is going to return Oh something great is going to happen And your heart shall rejoice And your joy no man taketh from you
1: Jesus blesses with a supernatural joy
0: It's a divine joy all na na And it's a joy, amen, that comes from his presence. Oh, let's raise our hands and love him just for a moment here. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I am glad for any instrument in society, any psychologist, psychiatrist program, 12-step program, on and on and on and on and on. Self-help, improvement, all that. I- I'm happy for anything that's done that improves anybody's life, home, marriage, children, whatever. Uh, that's, that's all good. It's going in the right direction. And uh, about there's something that happened. I saw this, and it just amazed me. But um, back in 1938, that was 82 years ago, there were some Harvard professors, Harvard professors. Now, one was named uh, Mr. Grant, another other Mr. Gluick. And uh, they wanted to study uh, what really caused happiness in a human's life. What really caused tranquility and happiness in an individual's life. And this was back in 1938. And this was the time of... Amen. The world getting ready to march into World War II and all kinds of bad news. And so they took 268 graduates from Harvard University, one of the elite colleges of the world, uh, from the 1939 to 1944 uh, years. And this was the Gluick study. And then they took another 456 poor people, poor men, born in Boston slums, the Boston slums, from that same period of time. And so there were 724 men that were involved. Then they decided quickly to go ahead and add their wives and their children. And so they had a study group of 2,000 people back from 1938. Amen. And uh, they would meet with these people, and they would train other people to help them in this course. They have all kind of interviews. They go in their living room and sit with them and talk with them and eyeball to eyeball. This just wouldn't be amen something they'd hear amen, by letter or over phone or whatever. they they sit in their living room eyeball to eyeball with them. They took blood samples from them. They took brain scans from them as time went on and on and on to really follow what was going on, what was being reported. Amen. How it does happiness Amen. Come into your life. Amen. And after 82 years, 82 years, this study, amen, really caught fire in the sociology department at Harvard. And uh, and many of the, the, the children of some of these original professors, amen, took up the study. And it went on and on and on, like I said, for 82 years. And finally, they had a statement made, I think it was two years ago, when the study was 80 years going on. And the conclusion of Harvard's eight-year study was good relationships keep us happier and healthier, period. Amen. Thank you, Harvard. <laughs> Hallelujah. And I'm all for everybody being healthy and happy and all that kind of stuff, but that's human, human joy. Right, right, right. And, it's then, and they posed the questions uh, now to uh, millennial groups, millennial groups, and what would make you happy? And 80% of the millennials said if I was rich, that's not what their report says. <laughs> and the 50% said that if I could attain stardom or notoriety, music field, dance field, basketball, baseball, whatever, uh, movie star, whatever. said that, But good relationships keep us happier and healthier, period. There was one that wrote this, one of the uh, doctors said, The biggest predictor of your happiness and fulfillment overall in life is basically love. Hallelujah. Thank you, doctors, for this report. Amen. I'm I'm glad that you found that out. And I do believe that. I know that that's true. But that's human happiness. And human joy. And human happiness and joy can be very, very fickle. Hello. But the joy that Jesus gives, no man can take it from you. Hello. Now, as a child of God, you as a child of God, Amen. we may not have good relations in every area of our life. Hello? Come on, right. Praise the Lord. Come on. Thank you, Jesus. We may not. It may be impossible. The Bible says, for as much as lieth in you, live at peace with all men. As much as lieth. Some people may make it totally impossible. Hello? Well, <laughs> thank you, Jesus. <laughs> hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. But we've got a joy that goes beyond even human joy. Jesus said, amen, that when you come to him and send him first and his gospel and righteousness first, amen, I will be what? Your mother. I will be your father. I will be your husband. I will be your wife. I will be your children. Come on, everybody. Hallelujah. Jesus said, amen, I can amen, be that in your life which you did not have. I can be the husband you didn't have. I can be the wife you didn't have. I can be the son or daughter you didn't have. Come on, everybody. Hallelujah. Jesus is joy, and it surpasses. Hallelujah. It's divine. Hallelujah. It's not just human. It is the joy of the Lord. Everybody said praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. He said, at that day, you shall ask me nothing. Verily, verily, I say unto you, whatsoever you shall ask the Father in my name, he will give it you. Hitherto you have asked nothing in my name. Ask that you might receive, that your joy might be full. Amen. Jesus was talking to the disciples in one of the most... Times of crucible of trouble, amen, and fear and threat over tomorrow and worries that was in the disciples' life. Everything, amen, went great most of the time. Miracles, walking on the water, raising the dead, being with him, people wanting to make him king, and all that. But now he's telling them, amen, the Son of Man is going to be betrayed. One of you's going betray him, amen. He's going to be taken into the hands of wicked sinners. They're gonna crucify him. Amen. And your part in this is you're gonna let sheep go astray. Hello. I'm mean, everything you know, think about bad news, bad news, bad news, fearful news, what's gonna be on tomorrow type of news. Come on. Come on amen and that's the way it was in that passover supper table amen and and jesus on his way walking from the passover supper table to the garden of gethsemane outside the gates of jerusalem where the olive grove was to pray amen that's where jesus spoke to the disciples amen john chapter 15 chapter 16 and chapter 17 the verbatim words of Jesus on the walk from the Passover room to the Garden of Gethsemane. And some of it was a prayer that was meant to be overheard by them. Hello. But nine times in this walk, amen, of the gloomiest forecast that the disciples had ever heard from his mouth in the last three and a half years, during that time, nine times he talked about joy. Right, right. You know why? Because he wanted the future pillars of the church to be strengthened. Right, yeah. So he said, I'm going to give you joy, and that joy, nobody is going to take away from you, and I want that joy it meant to be full in your life. And the New Testament word for joy in the Greek is chara, and it means this. It is the gladness and delight over blessings you have received or you expect to receive for yourself or for others what's so glorious and beautiful and divine about the joy that Jesus gives that no man can take away amen is that hallelujah of course I'm going to rejoice in my God over the things that I have received that he gives me he answers a prayer I'm going to thank him and rejoice he gives me the Holy Ghost I'm going to praise him and rejoice he saves my family I'm going to praise him and rejoice he he answers he gives me a job He gives me a better job Come on. He
1: he, he answers my prayers. He touches my my body. I'm going to thank Him. I've received it. I've received it. Amen. And I praise Him for it and I have joy knowing that I am a child of God and He can hear me and He hears me and He answers my prayers.
0: Hallelujah. I have that joy. And that's similar to the human joy but it goes beyond because it's divine. It's the presence and glory of God because God's presence is what brings this Amen, fullness of joy. But he also said it's, amen, blessings that I expect to receive. How can God do that? How can God give you joy over what hasn't happened yet? What prayer hasn't been fulfilled yet? What promise hasn't been fulfilled yet? Come on, who has not yet been saved? Who has not yet been brought into the kingdom? That might be causing you a lot of crisis and problem in your life come on everybody it hasn't happened yet and yet amen in the meaning of joy that jesus when he was talking to his disciples amen it was a blessing that i have not received yet but he rewards my believing with joy what did peter say though now you see him not yet through believing you rejoice with joy unspeakable and full of glory. And it's on that same pattern. I don't have to have what I'm praying about
1: to rejoice and have joy. I don't have to have the answer amen, to have joy. According to the goodness and the bounty of my everlasting God, I can just believe it's going to happen and He'll reward me with joy in my heart and in my spirit as though it was already back as though it's already taken back
0: I'll put it like this. And I'm almost done. <laughs> he said, hope, and hope is kind of a synonymous with faith, hope that is seen is not hope. For why does the man also hope for it? This is in Romans chapter 8, 24 and 25 verse. Hope that is seen is not hope. For what a man seeth, why does he yet hope for it? I've already got the blessing. Prayer's already been answered. Come on, the healing miracle's already taken place. The supply of the job or creation of a new family or whatever has already taken place. And so I see it, now it's fact. It's history. So where is the interplay of faith in this, if I can see it? I'm yeah. not. Paul's writing this stuff, okay? Yeah. He was a heavy dude thinker, I'll tell you. Hope is seen. It was not hope, but he said, "But if I don't see it, hope that is not seen." Come on, then do we with patience? <laughs> Hallelujah, amen. And faith. Praise the Lord. Wait for it. Praise God. God loves to give you joy before it happens. Before it takes place, come on, because most of the journey of life is waiting. Most of the journey, praise the Lord, Amen. Is is the time and the pilgrimage to get to that place. And so, if God had constructed. Amen. Heaven and the human uh, uh, emotional apparatuses to only be excited and only be joyful. Amen. When we finally saw it and experienced it and received it and it's ours and it's in front of our eyes, then there's a whole lot of our lifespan. Amen. That wouldn't have the gift of joy. You know what the Bible says about Jesus? Who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross despising the shame and the evil contradiction of sinners who for the joy that was set before him. I'm telling you, the church has got to have a lot of hope. The church has got to have a lot of faith. The church has got to have a lot of believing.
1: Come on, we got to believe our way through that. we got to hope our way through that. we got to play our way through it.
0: Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. God, amen, wants you and I to be full of joy. In God's eyes, all the evil and all the bad report and all the doom and gloom and everything else that's going on in today's world, amen, can't really stop it. Or get in the way of it. I'm going to get in with Jesus. I'm going to get a hold of him. And I'm going to have. His joy. Jesus said when I'm taken from you. Lifted up and crucified. Buried in a borrowed tomb. You're going to have exceeding great grief. And exceeding sorrow. But I'm coming back. And my presence is going to be planted. Right in your midst. Hallelujah. And then you're going to have joy. And it's going to be like a joy
1: that you never, never, never had before. Because before, amen, I was always, always,
0: always, always with you, with you, with you, in front of you, in your eyes. Come on. I I was always there, 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 there. But now, amen, I'm going to do what must be done for the salvation of mankind. And then I'm going to come back. And when I come back, you shall have joy.
1: Oh, let's raise our
0: hands and praise him right now. Thank you, Jesus. Praise the Lord. Amen. Everybody, come on, that wants the joy of the Lord in your life, I want you to come to the front. We're going we're to pray and believe together in Jesus' name. We're going to exercise our faith to reach out and recognize and be sensitive to His presence. Because there's fullness of joy in the presence of the Lord, pleasures forevermore.
1: Oh, let's just close your
0: eyes, everybody. Come on, let's just get into the presence of the Lord. Amen. I uh, feel the Holy Ghost. Somebody's troubled, they're very troubled about something. You got a God, amen, that loves you. He's going to take care of that. That's right. He's going to take care of that. He wants you to lift up your hearts, lift up your eyes, amen, and believe. He's going to do it. He's going to take care of it. He's going to walk by your side through it all. Hallelujah. He's here. You have a right.
1: You have a promise joy in the storm